Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by Caliber Mind. This is the podcast for B2B marketers looking to uplevel their skills to succeed in leadership. I'm your host, Kamala Thompson, and today I am joined by Z Jeremick. Z, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, hi, everyone. My name is Z Jeremick. I am the CEO of Mass Engines. Uh, we are a RevOps and Demand Gen agency. I've been in this space for, I feel like, for about 15 years and absolutely loving it. Z, thanks so much for coming back today, and I am excited to tackle this topic. Attribution will always be wrong, and that's okay. What are your initial thoughts? I'll make a confession. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a recovering perfectionist, and one of the things that's helped me is, the, is that old saying that perfect is the enemy of good or enemy of great. And I would say that's, that's exactly what I would bring to this conversation. Um, and it's hard. It's hard because when you start, when you talk about reporting, when you talk about numbers, there is always, if not ex- external, internal pressure to make sure the numbers, you can stand behind the numbers and the numbers have validity. Because and I, I don't think it's necessarily wrong is that you know, if you present numbers that don't are not valid or not good, you know, you you can lose credibility. And I think that 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 very tension is what causes a lot of people to try to make it perfect. But again, and perfect is the enemy of great. And so what ends up happening that in that quest for perfect, it ends up taking too long. Sometimes it never gets done. And oftentimes, we lose our way and we're not, we're not recognizing most things. Again, if you go back, okay, I feel like this is kind of like a, a Kevin Costner's, right? If you build it, they will, it will, they will come, comes to mind. And usually again, the reality of that type of an approach is that is a field of dreams. It's, it's not necessarily the most constructive way to go around when it comes to business. The reality of business is that most Almost no business has been built with a perfect idea and then it gets built and then it works. It, it, most businesses grow, come into existence and grow through small incremental change. And I think that that's the best way to approach your reporting as well. Start with something that's small and then incrementally improve it. And the, even approach it from the start, even internally, even with yourself, but even with your team by saying, we're starting here. We know it's not perfect. We're trying to make it better and we're going to keep improving it. And I think giving yourself and your team the permission to be less than perfect will go a long way to actually starting to produce reporting and starting to get all of the benefits, Camel, that you discussed yesterday around, right? And I love what you were talking about is that Once you start looking at something enough, it shifts the way you think. It shifts the way you approach things. And having something to look at early, even if it's imperfect, is much better than waiting for it to become perfect and then avoiding and not looking at it for an exceedingly long period of time waiting for it. I mean, I'll tell you, and this is a larger client, but I'll tell you a story. And this is, to me, perfectly illustrative of this. We've, uh, we, we worked with a very, very, very large client and almost from year one or two of working there, we, we try to, we try to really push this idea. We need more insights and reporting on the funnel. And we kept getting pushback from the, from within the organization, no matter where we pushed, there was always this pushback around, 
well, there is this project that's happening. That's like a, it's like, a, and, and it, it's going to solve all of these. It's going to give us everything. So Camilla, this was, I'll tell you, this was. I know where this is heading. <laughs> seven or eight years ago. Yeah. There's been three teams or four teams that have changed. That project is still in existence, still as far as I know, has not moved more than a few percentage points forward. And honestly, to a point, like after th- two or three or four years, we actually end up doing it ourselves and just kind of like, you know, kind of selectively displayed and never publicized it, but actually started doing it just so we can get the insights because it became clear it was basically everyone was hiding behind. And again, not even not even out of any kind of nefarious intent, just kind of like it was easier to say, well, no, it's being handled over there. I don't have to worry about it. But when you look at the reality, eight years later, there's not still nothing there. If we didn't do something three years in, nothing would exist. So it's just like yeah. you have to, sometimes you have to start small and build. Oh, so I agree with you so much. Everything you said, and this topic takes up way too much space in my brain. Like it it lives rent free all the time. And what I've noticed is attribution projects fail all the time, but I've noticed it's not really about the data. It's not necessarily the lack of data or the gaps that are causing the issue. What I see is kind of threefold. One, Vendors have oversold it as a silver bullet that can see every step of the journey and it just can't. Two, somebody didn't sit down and ask people what they want to use it for because what you build is going to be vastly different if your CMO wants to take it into the boardroom to show marketing share in quotes of pipeline versus sales versus other departments versus if you're using it internally within marketing to really assess what is and isn't working and being able to apply some contextual knowledge to what you're seeing. Those two things are so different. And then three, I really think it's on leadership to meet us halfway and really work with us to understand what is and isn't possible. Because only if you understand where the gaps are, can you truly communicate and sell this as something believable. Are there other factors you've seen other than it just taking so long to quote unquote perfect? There's a lot of reasons why this is hard and why mm-hmm. it doesn't get done and where why even when we some organizations try to do it, it fails. I mean, I, but since you ask a concrete question, I'll give you one off the top of my head. Another challenge that oftentimes comes in. So out of the best of, uh, intentions, marketing starts building some form of reporting. And even though I love your idea, start internally. That's the best way to go. Um, most folks start externally because of that pressure, right? Like I have to, we have to justify, but defend our budget. We have to justify the value, et cetera, et cetera. And all those are very valid by the way. So I totally get why most people go there. So a challenge that you oftentimes run in is the pushback from sales. Absolutely. Right? Because what ends up happening that all of a sudden, right, and the team probably worked really hard to put some kind of attribution, some kind of a connection in place around what value marketing is generating. And so the the CMO or that VP of marketing proudly comes into a meeting, right, um, and showcases some of the value marketing has been adding. 
and the first thing you hear is because most of the time marketing doesn't involve sales in those conversations and that planning, sales yeah. starts pushing back and be like, well, hey, we sourced that deal or we made that deal close because inherently, because those conversations haven't been socialized, the first, it's like the, it, sales just gets their backup because historically they're used to getting all of the credit. So all of a sudden someone's trying to come in and get claim credit, rightfully or not, they're going to get their back up a little bit. And, and, and sometimes give you good examples. Again, goes back to that perfect and no such thing as perfect. The first thing people will say, oh, great. oh, wait, what? Like you generated like 50 million in pipeline. Give me some examples, right? And so, you know, that you know, in some cases, right? Like they'll go, oh yeah, no, we have we have everything, right? So they start and they start pull up, you know, top 10 accounts out of that 50 million. And then all of a sudden, right, Sherry goes like, Hey, you know, that's been our account for the last five years, right? We yeah. know everybody there. And so they start getting, and, and it, it, they become pot shots. And it's not necessarily about marketing is wrong. It's much more about sales hasn't been involved in the conversation. They're not used to this new type of a conversation. And the idea that all of a sudden marketing is trying to take credit for some of the things that sales is doing or some things that are happening in the organization. I just want to clarify that I'm not advocating for using this as a cross-functional tool. Um, I'm not against it either, but it involves a ton more work. The thing that I really want to emphasize here is that if your marketing leader or CMO has the intent to do so, you need to get in front of that landmine right away. Because like you said, if they start socializing this with other teams and it wasn't built to reflect other teams' data, you're going to fail before you ever start. So that I just want to clarify, I'm not saying you should do it that way. I'm just saying so many marketing leaders that I run into want to use it that way and don't necessarily communicate that. And that's, that's where everything just goes off the rails. <laughs> that's right. And that, you know, and it's not the end of the world, but what ends up happening ends up being a big setback in almost every situation, because that marketing leader then goes back to their team somewhat defeated because, hey, they got shot down because they, they're not going to know every single deal and be able to give the, the 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 nuances of why that why marketing is taking credit. And usually there is some kind of a basic formula that the team builds in order to be able to establish some of these models. So and then you kind of have to now backtrack and retry to rebuild the credibility. And that just take, it, it it's OK. It just takes a little more time. So. Like exactly like you said, I think that it is the right instinct to try to socialize this and to try to, because again, there's all these pressures. Um, but when when possible, I think that again, get the other teams involved or give them the heads up ahead of time around what you're thinking or what you're trying to do or what the pressure is on you as the market leader around why you're thinking about doing this or why you need to do this. So at least they, they have a heads up. And if you can share it with them ahead of time and get them to take those pot shots in a closed room outside of the purvey of other executives, you're going to be in a much better, much stronger position to have that conversation or at least to take that step back privately with sales rather than in front of everybody else. Um, but if not possible, if not practical, or there's all sorts of reasons why that doesn't happen. You're in that meeting. Again, it's just, it's just coach what you're presenting. We're starting something new. Here's some initial insights. Here's some 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 of our uh, findings as we see them today. And we're going to keep evolving this work. So language can be, you know, rather than being like, here's what we're doing. 
which is very definitive. And anyone in that room, I sales, who has any disagreement will immediately voice it because it comes down to how it's being presented. So if you present it with in a softer way, it's something new that's that you're trying to be able to quantify, to be able to illustrate, to be able, and again, even better to go back to what you said, Kamala, to use it internally so we can better invest our marketing funds. That can really, really again change the conversation or at least the reception of what you're presenting. Yeah, I think one of my greatest frustrations is when people try to represent the division of dollars as truth because they're setting themselves up for failure. This is very much an estimate. And if you are showing this to the sales team as the truth and how dollars were sourced, you're going to get in fisticuffs with them over whether an email click or a website visit is the same thing as a meeting. It's just going to devolve so quickly. So if you can get your team to view this as wonderful information and they can use different types of models. Maybe some focus on content consumption and some focus on other things, but this is a representation directionally of what we're influencing so we can make better decisions. That's a completely different conversation than marketing sourced $500,000 in January. Well said. I have nothing to add. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I think this is a conversation that needs to continue because I just see so many attribution projects fail and people building their reputation on bashing attribution when it can it can be more effective in different ways. I would say that again the time of attribution is here and it's just it's you can ignore it at your own peril. Uh you can stall it or or or, or fight it but ultimately there's more and the because what the big change is digital. I think there was historically there was always a bit of an understanding that you know what there's traditional advertising had limitations around what we can report on. Digital and there's increasingly just like there's that that you know you can literally track that down to a click. Even with the privacy restrictions, it's still so much that can be done to track. And so I think that very that 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 groundswell is building. The longer digital is around with the awareness, even at the top layers around what's possible and what should be done, therefore, around reporting. So I do think, again, it's a, I agree with you. The, these conversations will continue, need to continue because the pressure is going to increase as time goes on, on marketing leadership and executives to be able to better direct how their budgets are spent uh, based on what's generating results. And again, results doesn't have to be revenue. If you're going to talk about ROI, it's the easiest way to go. But there's also, I mean, I think any marketer worth their salt will tell you, you know, it takes seven to 10 plus touches to for anyone to even pay attention to your brand. So there, there's always going to be marketing investments that are going to be made in some of those touches that are difficult to quantify. And that's okay. That's absolutely fine. This is not, and again, it goes back to the beginning. This is not about perfection. It's about approximation. It's about a building a practice and a comfort with this practice of starting to look at what's the value of what we're doing in any specific channel, any specific campaign. Uh, and that value can be quantified in different ways. Well put. And a perfect segue to tomorrow's topic, 
which is the gold standard of KPIs. Oh my gosh, what a hornet's nest we're walking into. I'm looking forward to it though. See, where can people find you online to, to network? Thanks, Kamala. Um, I find LinkedIn is the place where most uh, professionals hang out these days. You can find me on LinkedIn, Jerem McZee, or you can uh, find me on our website, massengines.com. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Revenue Marketing Report. Please tell two friends, subscribe, download, whatever you can helps. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out caliberbine.com.